Number one, you're more likely to achieve your goals or your dreams um, or your ideas or where you want to be this year, whatever you call it, if you keep them to yourself. Boom. Learn the art of silence, especially in January. <laughs> if you're going to the gym, don't tell anybody. If you're trying to make, you know, directional changes or habit changes, don't tell anybody. Because the moment you tell anybody, um, your ideas that may be unusual if you're trying to change a habit or you're trying to change an outcome or you're trying to deal with some entrenchment in your life, the more you talk about it, which you might be doing for sort of model support, and some people, very few, will give you that uncontaminated. You're going to get people's contamination. You're going to get people nagging you. How's it going? How did it go? Did you go to the gym? Did you do that? Did you do this? And their constant questioning will, will cause you to be more focused on it in a way they want you to be than in a way you want to be. So this year, I'm just telling you now, I've discovered this the hard way. The best way to achieve the outcomes you want is to keep lots of them to yourself. Don't tell anybody until maybe six months in when people start to say to you, sorry to use the gym analogy, it's just an easy metaphor, but it's a metaphor. I don't mean literally. I'm using it as a metaphor for any kind of change you want to make. It's better that people say to you by, you know, March, well, you must have lost some weight. You're looking a lot skinnier or whatever it may be, as I said. It's better them saying that to you than you telling them in January, I'm going to the gym, and you have three months of nagging about your gym attendance that drives you crazy, and you just feel exhausted by trying to keep them all happy. Then you go to the gym because you know so-and-so is going to nag you about it tomorrow, and it's almost like having an AA sponsor. <laughs> which some of you might need this year in some form, but I'm just advising a bit of wisdom in terms of um, non-disclosure. Have a non-disclosure agreement with yourself, uh, the outcome of this year, about the things you want to get involved in that are going to be perhaps fundamental shifts that people that know you well will say, ah, you know, we've seen you try that before. Uh, you'll never make it. We remember last year when you don't need that people around you. So the best thing is don't tell anybody. Go under the radar, keep it quiet, I think is my wisdom to you on all that stuff. Number two, fall in love with the process this year, not the results, okay? Fall in love with the process because if you don't love how you are doing what you want to do, then you won't sustain it. So again, going back to the gym analogy, um, the gym may not suit you. I hate the gym. I work out every day, but I don't go to the gym. So the gym doesn't suit me. So my point is many people assume there's only one way to get done what you want to see happen because that works for them. And they put this one size fits all in you, not from a bad heart, but you have to be, you have to be strong enough to say, you know what, that doesn't suit me. Um, you have to create your own process. And successful people are successful because they love what they do more than they love what they get because of what they do. This is why you'll hear very wealthy people say who have been bankrupt several times on the way to becoming very successful is that, you know, losing everything doesn't really bother them in terms of monetary and material things because they'll just 
you know, do it all over again because they know that their success wasn't a freak of nature or good luck. It was their skill set and it was their um, work ethic and it was their genius that they know they can put to use again to start all over again because they love the process. And I want you this year to fall in love with your process. So don't just set a goal if you do that and think I'm going to therefore go and do this the way that, you know, Sue told me to or Phil suggested or do it with them because they do it that way. Find out what you love doing and then find a way to set, go for what you want by doing what you love. In other words, if you heal more, if you heal more emotionally, for instance, or mentally by being in solitude or reading a book or going for a walk or gardening more than you would in counseling, then don't go to counseling. Just find your own process, your own way of processing and thinking through things and letting go of things. Find what works for you. I want you to love the process because some of the things we're trying to change in our humanity is a long ride. It's not a short ride. It's a long ride and you will not sustain the long ride if you don't enjoy the ride. You'll quit. So enjoy the process. Figure out a process that you can love and then every day you won't be as conscious of a result because real personal growth um, shouldn't be results driven. It should be personal growth, enjoyment of the journey driven. That's why education system is so failing around the world because the education system is results driven. It's not personal growth of the kids driven who grow in different ways at different times in different paces. The education system doesn't see or celebrate that. And so so many kids are struggling in this one size fits all education system. All right, number three, y'all okay, I hope. Um, I, I can't see your eyes or have you responding, which is what I do live around the world every year. So I hate not having you in my space to respond and interact and bounce off, but hope you're all okay. All right, number three, ego. <laughs> ego sank the Titanic, not icebergs. Write that down. That's my way of bringing you into a thought about the ego to give you metaphors for how ego works. And this year, if you don't manage your ego, which is, and I teach this a lot, by the way, in my um, seminar, which is available online um, on um, the prosperity of the soul. Ego is a false sense of self. And we all have that to deal with and battle with. And so the captain of the Titanic had this false sense of the capability of the Titanic because everybody hailed it before it even launched as the greatest unsinkable ship ever made, the biggest, the fastest, the best of its kind, never before seen, blah, blah, blah. The hype was off the charts. So, so when that captain set off with that, with that maiden voyage, with, with, with a full ship of passengers who were just like the Concorde, when the Concorde first set off to go to New York in record time, this was the equivalent of the Concorde of its day. It was going to get to New York in record time. Nobody had ever got to New York in the time a ship was only the primary option to travel then. To get to New York on this ship in this time was off the charts. It was going to promise the world. 
So this, imagine me the captain of that ship. And history tells us the captain had something like 15 warnings of icebergs in the neighborhood of the ship and didn't heed any of them. And history tells us the people in the the people in the communications room didn't even pass on half of those warnings. So the captain didn't get all 15, but the communication room did because they were in this ego bubble of the ship is invincible. We are going to be the first to prove that we can get to New York in a certain time. All of that is what ego does. So the ego of the people in charge of the ship, primarily the captain that did have warnings but didn't heed them, is what sank the ship, not the icebergs. The icebergs could have been avoided had they have changed course or slowed down. In fact, the reason that the iceberg, it was said, sliced through three decks of the side of the ship, the iceberg went down the side of the ship and did the worst damage it could, and it sank as quickly as it did because it was holed across three decks long ways by the iceberg slicing around the side of the ship was because last minute they tried to steer the ship away from the iceberg. They were full steam ahead. And so the, even to last minute, they were not in, into course alteration. And it said that if the ship had hit the iceberg head on instead of sideways, the damage would have been far less and perhaps it would not have sank. So I want to say to you this year that icebergs await all of us this year. Um, the icebergs of fear, the icebergs of insecurity, the icebergs of drama, the icebergs of control and anger and frustration. And these icebergs are waiting for us, and I don't want you to collide with them when you might know in this unlived life coming up, I can predict that in certain waters of my life this year, certain individuals, certain scenarios, certain situations, certain circumstances, I know there's going to be those icebergs again. Well, right now, manage your ego to not set sail, ignorant of them, thinking I'll just push through, I'll be fine. You won't. That's what becomes another iceberg collision year, not getting where you want to be. So don't let ego drive your ship this year. Let your soul, let your authenticity, let who you really are, let what matters the most to you drive the ship this year, not this false sense of ego or who other people want you to be this year or what they want you to do this year. Don't do that because that's what will sink you, not the things that you said sank you and you blame for it and who you blame for it. Often it's ego more than it is the icebergs. All right. Number four, be a hummingbird this year, not a woodpecker. Be a hummingbird this year, not a woodpecker. That's my way of encouraging you to be curious this year. Curiosity is a huge superpower and hugely underrated in most of us humans. Curiosity. And that's the hummingbird metaphor. A hummingbird doesn't park up like a woodpecker does in one area and hammers away at the same piece of wood endlessly. That's what woodpeckers do. And I want you not to be a woodpecker type human obsessed with hammering away at one thing this year. I want you to try different things. I want you like a hummingbird to move from flower to flower, move from 
this webinar, to that book, to that podcast, to that conference, to that voice, to that situation, and stay curious this year. Don't get locked in to, I suppose, a passion. Passion is good, but what I've discovered about passion, passion, passion will make you dwell in a place um, and will slow down curiosity, where curiosity makes you a seeker. Passion makes you a dweller. Curiosity keeps you being a seeker. And what curiosity does is when you found your passion even, it keeps you being curious. And that's what you must do. Even though you know my passion is this, stay curious, stay open. Because maybe you have other passions or maybe your passion needs to find new nuance and new expressions um, and new ideas so that your passion doesn't get stuck in one expression like Blockbuster did. Um, and they didn't stay curious about how this would um, need reinventing in the coming years, in the unlived years that were ahead of Blockbuster, to use that metaphor of how stuck we get. So be a hummingbird this year. Don't apologize for being random or being widely read or well-read or going to an event that your friends say, what? Or you, you, you listen to what webinar today or whatever it may be. Or you never read books like that. Or you never really listen to people with that kind of opinion because you're changing your frame, so you are listening. So make sure this year at the outset you decide, I am going to this year be curious. I'm going to commit to be curious. I'm not going to get stuck in uh, the food I only eat or the people I only ever talk to. Um I'm going to be curious. I'm going to pay interest and show attention to a wide range of things and influences. I'm encouraging you guys. I've worked on this for 20 years now, and I've committed again this year. I'm going to stay curious this year. Be a hummingbird, not a woodpecker.